started recording oh sweet hi 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 folks so big big bottom 27 there is really nothing else to look forward to until we hit uh the dirty 30 and then it's a slow decline to our death from there what happens at dirty 30 shit i don't know they coined that phrase after i hit it so yeah i don't i I have you guys remember what you did on your 30th birthday um i do and it was like i was like I was probably gigging. That was- That's probably it for me too. Yeah, I probably had a gig. I was I was on a gig for sure, <laughs> but I don't. That I think was during my monster uh, theater gig runs when I was pulling like three hundred dates a year. Yes. Wow. I was doing. What were you doing? Fair. I was working at the Renaissance Festival. Oh, dude. Nice. So. The run fairs. <laughs> oh no! I mean that that, that should be enough right <laughs> there because hey, I mean rock and roll. My my experiences of rock and roll, um, look tame because I treat the the muse. I mean I treat music gigs like pretty professionally. You know I, I like to think I do so. <laughs> um, but the run fair, we're like this is just fun. Yeah. Um, this right. is just fun. So I you know I'm I'm not a big drinker. Yeah. But at the Ren Fair, I'm like, I drank at night like a fucking fish. Yeah. I drank 30, and it was at that time, it was very acceptable for like all the Renaissance people would hung out at one bar. So it was very hippie like in regards. So flashing and getting naked and certain things was, was kind of common. So on my 30th birthday, I jumped on the table at the Renny bar that we were at. And then, you know, it's a typical Ren Fair that usually has a Renny bar too. And, all the running people go there on the weekends and I took off all my clothes on the table and I had a drink to get article of clothing back. Like, okay, well, here's your socks. One more drink. Okay. Well, here's your shirt. <laughs> oh, one more drink. Okay. Maybe we'll give you a hat. Okay. You're right. You're like, you my bitch. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was my 30th birthday. <laughs> I am laughing because Rennie Fair. Ren, Rennie Bar. I mean, let's just call them what they are. You're carnies. You're medieval carnies. Hey, you're medieval it's carnies. a little bit different, and it's very different. It was, I, it, it's different. I asked Tony the other day if he had ever done any Civil War reenactments, because I thought he would have doing the Ren Fair thing. I was like... <laughs> no, but there is a crossover of that crowd. Of course there is. That's I'm sure there would be. I wasn't that bad. Um, you see why I made the assumption? I'm geeky, but I wasn't that geeky. I was like fucking uh, Tony's Ulysses S. Grant or somebody. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I uh, wore tights and leather, and it was a lot of fun. Well, there you go. There so, you go. our guest today, Bjorn Englund. Oh, yeah. Speak about rock and roll. Yeah. Rock and fucking roll. That guy's played with, like, the the monster. Tony Malmsteen. Um, Tony McAlpine. Tony McAlpine. Uh, the guy's in Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Quiet Riot. Dio after the, yeah, with a lot of the people that were playing with Dio way back in the day, forever. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't really know Bjorn. Um, you know, we met briefly at NAM, you know, years ago at, at the EBS booth, and we have mutual friends. 
Um, but man, what a hell of a nice guy, man. Awesome. Yeah. I thought he said something incredibly important that I think a lot of people miss, especially somebody that goes into a role like his, especially with the, the Dio thing. Yeah. And because you brought it up, Steve, about what do you do when you're skirting the line on all these different songs that are done by these other iconic bass players? I mean, you know, he's stepping into stuff that Geezer Butler played, yeah. you know, yeah. and he made it very important that um, his job was not to sound like him on those things. It was his job to, to serve the song. And the song was done by Geezer. He's going to make it sound like Geezer, yeah. you know, and that's something I think bass players a lot really tend to miss because they'll be like well no i'm gonna come and play my own thing and it's like <sighs> yeah you know the, the i think the best wants to hear yeah that song not your take on that right song. and i think that the best artist is the one that can do that hell yeah that can you know that can do that like we're we talk all the time and we talked about it here you know the tone starts here but if you know how this gets your sound yes then going over to doing something like, okay, how does Geezer play this song? It's easy to take this and say, oh, he probably did this a little different. I know how to do it, so I can do it this way. I think I think Bjorn is just a very, like, he's just a mature player, and he knows this. He knows his. Yeah, he, he is. It's, it's you know? clear he is very, um, what is it? I would say very in tune yes. with his, his instrument, his tools of choice. Yeah. I mean, and he's a veteran. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He's a veteran, you know? Yeah. He was a, what, 21, 22, and he, you know, quiet riot. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. First, first major gig is quiet riot. <laughs> These guys have played in 20,000, whatever, you know, and he's thrown in and it's like, all right, kid, step in yep. here. <laughs> You're in the big time now, kid. Yeah, pretty rad. And, and he's, you know, it just shows he's just a humble, nice guy, you know, nothing. There's, there's no attitude there. Yeah. And I, I didn't, you know, I've known him for a while. So he's, mm -hmm. he's dude. so it was, it was good to talk to him. I like that he plays PJs, you know, mm -hmm. passive. He, he made a funny joke, but I was thinking about it. Fender lost a huge marketing opportunity because, you know, he, you know, when we said we all like PJs and he says, yeah, it's the pandemic base. You know, because everyone's in their PJs. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yes. Fender could have nailed a marketing campaign on this. If you're listening, Fender, and you now's the time. Now's the time to play in your PJs. Picture of a of the yeah. new Fender P American Precision Deluxe PJ bass. If we see that ad, we're asking for money. Yeah, you heard it here first. It's yeah, on it's record. Yeah, I know we're going off track here, but you're mentioning this like. I always remembered being Fender's, the number one mod mm -hmm. was a P-Base oh, yeah. body. With a J. With, with a, uh, um, and again, like, well, let's go back to like the 80s or 90s or whatever. Yeah. Even earlier than that. Yeah, like, or even earlier than that. Like when, before people were doing, um, there was all these pickup companies, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the big common thing people would use, the put the Demarzio in, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Like Tony Franklin. Yeah. It was, I'm canceling, so we didn't have to worry about that. Yeah, you're putting a powerful hum canceling jan, and then you'd put like maybe not with Tony Franklin, but what a lot of people did was they put jazz necks on. Mm -hmm. on yes. That was it. Yeah, it's that simple. And and I remember that was such a common hot rodded instrument. Yeah, yeah, that 
love that. I think my my first, you know, why not do something like that? Like they they had that um, Duff McKagan was the '80s power base special. They, they have a couple. They have like an American PJ. They they have mm-hmm. they bought yeah. They Put a jazz neck on it. You but know? but even better is the uh, the GNL SB two. Let's be. I mean, that's you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, hands see down. what you did there, Steve. Hands, hands down. Well, I, we do obviously see Steve. Just, well, I just so happen to. Oh, uh, oh wait! Oh, look at, well, yeah. look at that. But you're but, like. But, oh, 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 heck, got something right here. The oh. offender. But but well, like we have to agree. We have yes. to agree. Well, my first base was a '76 P base with a jazz base neck. Came with it. But the first thing I did after a few years, a couple of years, was jazz bass pickup. The game mm-hmm. PJ. Yeah. Just my first real good bass, like real good one, was a warmoth, actually. Nice. Nice. I actually wanted, you know, to have it yeah. built the way that I wanted to. Was it a know? gecko? No, it was a it was a PJ. It was just okay, a warmoth. Just nice. warmest PJ. It was a, a all the body. EMGs, shallow hardware, can't go wrong. Back with an ebony board. Yeah, can't go wrong. That's the shit right there. Boom. Mm-hmm. And there I used it years. It was my main for a long, long time. Cool. And I try to experiment with it by changing around the pickups, and I'm like, mm. I just loved it the way it was, you know. Nice. Well, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was good to see and hear. You know, Bjorn just meat sticks with meat and potatoes and. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, good amps too. EBS, yep, it's been around forever. It's good. Nothing wrong with them. Nothing wrong with them. Quality, quality company. Yeah, good company. So, all right, boys. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's doing okay. We're kind of uh, was this uh, March 9th and stuff is kind of opening up everywhere. Uh, March 9th. 10th. Oh, that's right. Yep. Get a great call. Oh, oh! And I yes, you. have a new toy that I can break here early because by the time this goes live, it'll be announced. Show it, John. Show it, John. I will show it. We'll go like this. Dun, 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 dun. Oh. Ooh. Those familiar with me already know I've been an Eventide guy for a while, but this is an advanced copy of the Micro Pitch Delay. Whoa. That is one of their uh, landmark... Uh, um, uh, programs that they have like i've used it on the h9 for a bunch they've had it on a lot of the other older standalone units and this is kind of their newer thing that goes and it kind of is a complement to the black hole reverb that's about the same size as black um yeah and one thing and i showed you guys um that i don't use this term often and it's and i say it publicly that i absolutely hate it i think it is usually um overused and not completely understood. Hmm. But I feel that what they did with this is a game changer. And that is, they took the presets, put it on a card that you can just slide over the top. That's rad. Right. And it comes, they come it, with a bunch. I think it's got about six here. Can you go into it so that you have little lines where you're telling yeah. you? Yeah, you've got... You've got little white lines and black lines. And because what happens with this one in the black hole is this button up here uh, goes from the, the primary to the secondary function of each of these things. And it's all 
labeled on here, like the white is here is the primary. You can't see it very well, but it's there's black text yeah, under yeah, here yeah. that's the secondary. So like, you know, the mix, uh, yeah, the mix one, that's the primary. Uh, the secondary function of that is the tone. So what th these have when you put on it is they have white lines and black lines. So it makes it dummy proof. Like those, remember those books for dummies? Ooh, remember they were right. popular? You know? So, uh, and do they have blank ones where you can do your own? They don't. And I think that's, I think that's what's next. Cause I mean, yeah. uh, the black hole is the same layout as this. So I'm sure they could use the same uh, stencil and template for this, but man, I, I would totally buy like a 12 pack yeah. of blank ones of these. I want the cards. John Moody setting. Actually, I mean, you can already get the John Moody setting in the black hole because it's the bass sitar. Nice setting that I set up. It's the one that I use on my solo stuff that that kind of made a faux uh, sitar sound. You guys are hearing it first. You can get yes. the Jermody sound. Yep. And so, I mean, if you have the H9, there's three of the uh, chorus settings from the Chorosaurus oh. or Triceracorus. That's it. Uh, one. It's the, the Raven Chorus, the Syrupy Leslie, and then the Pascorius. Wow. <laughs> that mm -hmm. hold on. I need a dictionary. Hold on here. So so now that those cards, I, I mean, mm -hmm. no one's ever thought of those cards. I know. I, I, I mean I think other pedal companies are gonna see that and go, ding, I need that. You know, I that need or that. yeah, they're already behind. Fantastic. It, yeah, I'm it's idea. one of those, it's like, why didn't somebody think of this well, earlier? Yeah. yeah, that's mind blowing. It's a, such a simple little concept, like, yeah, that's fantastic. Hmm, I like it. I like it a lot. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Well, you heard it here first. Look at breaking news. Breaking news. Whoa, on the big bottom podcast. Where else are they going to hear that? Well, I mean, the the press releases all go tomorrow, so probably a lot of other oh. spots. But come on. <laughs> I mean, nowhere, Steve. Thank you very much. Nowhere. It's cool to hear it from the guy who worked on it. Yeah. You know? I didn't get to work on this one as much. Okay. This was, they kind of just said, hey, this is coming out. You want to demo it? I said, yes, I do. That's rad. Cool. Nice. Well, we want to hear, you know, are you going to do some recorded demos of it and stuff? Oh, yeah. I'll definitely do that. I was, I was working on a couple of my older uh, solo tunes. Nice. With it. So, yep, for sure. Awesome. All right, boys. Well, cool, guys. Anything else? I don't think so. No, no. Two, Everything's easy. Seven. Big two, one, two, seven. That's pretty cool. XXVII. Woo! How Roman. Uh, yeah, we're getting Roman in here. That's oh, awesome, yeah. man. We do the Batusi. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, Steve Araujo. John Moody. Uh, Tony Paleo. Big Bottom Crew. Big Bottom. Podcast. We had a blast. Yeah. All right. See ya. Oh. It is starting. Oh, wow. I'm recording. What's going yeah, on, everybody? Go. The Big Bottom. Episode Big bottom. 20... 27? 27. 27. 27. Pretty rad. It's getting up there. We you have... Introduce our guest, Steve. Because I always do it. You do it now. My good buddy, killer bass player, been around, played with, played with everybody. Bjorn Anglin. He is right Thank you. Me. He's down here. 
<laughs> right below me here, right here. Actually, yeah, yeah I guess same thing. Are you hiding me in the corner? Okay. You're hiding in the I corner. So. Yeah. Nobody puts Bjorn in the corner? No. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. It was Bjorn in the corner. It was freaking <laughs> Zoom. It wasn't it's not my fault they're doing. It's Zoom, man. That's it. So so anyways, Bjorn, thank you for uh for joining us, man. We've been doing this podcast kind of um well, we started it's kind of a yeah. It, we've been doing it for a while, but le- when quarantine started, we start we're like, "Fuck it, man! Let's we need some kind of community." And we just kind of started talking yeah. to our buddies and bass players. And I re- I always repeat this, and I repeat this to yeah. the, the fans that kind of watch us all the time. So I'm sorry that you're hearing this again, but I'm going to say it. Say it. Um, yeah. We've actually John, Steve, and I for like the past couple of years before we did this. So probably it's been about three years now we had our ongoing chat and it was almost like reading the pages of bass player magazine when we're talking about inside stuff and companies and players and touring and stories we're like this is really good stuff that people would want to hear COVID hit and they're like okay it's time to take this out to the public now let's go start recording right on Get friends on let's start you know manufacturers and everybody else and players um mm-hmm. We don't take it serious, and uh, we just let it run, and then that's what happens. So cool. A whole yeah. lot. Of I like it. A whole lot of talking. Good shit. concept. Yeah, man. So Bjorn, you're actually out here by me. You're in California, right? I am. Yep. Very cool. I'm up in in Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay. And I know you know COVID obviously changed every, especially you know musicians. It changed everything mm-hmm. for you. Were you out touring or out on the road? Uh, you know, about a year ago, were you were you on the road somewhere when all this? I I was I, I was actually I I was busy in town doing a couple of things. I was doing the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, and I was yeah. doing a thing with the Dio Band, a Dio Gala, mm-hmm. and 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 some some other things. And then I and I did I I got a pickup gig at a, like a like it was a fill in uh, tour, okay, uh, mainly on the East Coast. Uh, for a couple of weeks. And when I came back here uh, to LA, I flew back and um, it was just, it was the beginning of March and, mm-hmm. and everybody was freaking out and they were cleaning everything out of the stores. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, this is, this is insane. And it, it had just started. And, and it was a, a cool bar that's right by my house that uh, I really liked. And it was, it was really nice. And and they closed almost immediately. I think they were open for like another week, and then they 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 saw what was coming, and they're like, "That's that's it." And and they don't serve any food, so there was like for them, it was like, you know, because I think for some for a while they had like, well, if you're serving food, you can serve mm-hmm. the food, but you can't, you know, all this stuff. But you got to, you know, but the people that were the the, the bars were serving alcohol, they were they were done, and just like the like the music venues and everything. So so it it was kind of it was kind of strange. So. You know, I get back here and everything stopped. Mm-hmm. Tours were canceled, oh. shows were canceled, everything. And now all of a sudden, you know, there's bands that had just released albums. They were like, "Well, I guess we're going to start working on the next one." And I'm like, "This is insane!" But and then and I can't blame them because it's like, what else are they going to do? Yeah, so, you know, man. So, <laughs> and yeah, and a lot of I mean, obviously, a lot of your tours and the stuff that you had planned for that summer were just wiped wiped away man yeah oh man yep um and then how about now i mean kind of stuff is opening up a little bit for you or what do you uh you got some bookings it's it's funny you say that because there's some tentative stuff i just 
got one show confirmed with a band that's a new band called of gods and monsters that is uh uh, a good group, a, a new a new metal band, metal band that they had a previous album, but this lineup for this album is, is that we're about to record, or we did okay. actually we did drums and some guitar, and I haven't done my basic, but we we got some a show on the East Coast just confirmed today nice. um, for July, so that's that's something we got we got some tentative stuff for the Dio band possibly in June, um, okay. which is not not in the, not in the states, but uh, so. We're just waiting to to see. So you know, slowly yeah. things are are moving a little. But and uh, you know, I kind of keep my hopes low because it's you know. Yeah. I don't. Where know. in the East like Coast it, are you playing? Uh, I believe it's somewhere in uh, Pennsylvania, not oh, not okay. far from not far from Philly. Yeah. Forget the name of the place and the town and everything, but yeah, so. I mean, if you get flyouts already, amen. You know, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's something. You know, it it, it shows you that there's hope, and yeah. that maybe other things will open, and and uh, there there will be other things coming. Yeah, coming our way. You know, so yeah, I mean, see. I got a confirmation yeah. today for a theater in October. I'm like, well, at least it's a confirmation of a theater, like a, more than a club. Even I'm like, okay. I'll take it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah, we have to. I mean, there's. Yeah, it's got to start opening up. Like this is. Yeah. <laughs> it has. Yeah, to start it will. Better, man. Yeah. So you know, it's yeah. That's it's 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 an interesting subject because I have I have friends that know people and uh, that they were close to that died from mm-hmm. it and all this stuff. Yeah. So there's that, and then there's people that lost their businesses. So there's there that's the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. You know, so I, I see both sides. Like I get it. But uh I'm kind of more leaning to to not to get into politics, but it's yeah. like, you know, you you can you can you can starve people to death also, and that's kind of like what's going on right now. And you you know, it, it, countries' economies are tanking and stuff like that. So how mm-hmm. how good is that? So that's Yeah. So you have to be intelligent about it and or attempt to be. Yeah, it's a right. double- mm-hmm. Completely, yeah. yeah. It really is, yeah. I, I see both sides completely, sure. completely. So I, it's 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 a gray area, really. Yeah. yeah. So and then yeah. so the other your main band was is the Dio band, right? And that's that's kind of a continuation of Dio, right? Is that? It it is. Uh, three of the guys were more or less the guys for the the last twenty years that yeah. the the Ron had chosen to be in the band. Um, so, so I'm the only person basically that, uh, except this, you know, we got two singers when we don't do the hologram that also were obviously not a, in Dio, but, um, yeah, it's a continuation, you know, and yeah. it's for some people, it's like, well, how can you have, how can you do Dio without Ronnie? Well, we can't, but he's not alive. So we were just trying to carry on the, yeah. his, his legacy yeah. and, 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 and doing it with the guys that he, he had chosen. Yeah, to get as close to Dio as possible, and not a bunch of guys that he didn't know, and you know, he 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 treated those guys like his family. So, did you and, ever, and Wendy still does? Yeah, did you meet Ronnie? Met him briefly. I never got to know him, so okay. it's uh, I sort of live through his the stories that the other guys tell me. So I feel like I know him now <laughs> from from everything and you know all this stuff, and met a lot of his friends and. 
and his family and stuff like that. So, nice. yeah, it's pretty pretty neat thing to be involved with. When we do a lot of stuff for the uh, Dio Cancer Fund and stuff like that too, yeah. which is really rewarding because it, it's a lot of fun. It's fun for us too because we yeah. get to, you know, get together with all, all our friends and colleagues and other bands and hang out and bowl <laughs> and 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 drink and. And raise money at the same time. I mean, how, what what a great idea, you know. So yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I mean, Ronnie's. I mean, he he's legendary. I mean, he's as legendary as any of the you know metal hard rock singers. I mean, freaking yeah, DMA. my favorite in Jeez. that genre. My Dude. truly my favorite in that genre. Period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Heaven, he was Heaven and Hell. Incredible. I love, I love that record, Heaven and Hell. You know, and it's. Mm -hmm it's that's right you know it's like oh man. it's incredible it's yeah just, and you could just tell like like also how how excited they all were making yeah. that record yeah you know and the way they played <laughs> and the way they wrote and the way he sang and everything yeah. it was the it's excitement you know yeah and then and, and it's it was beautiful when that comes through in the music you know so Definitely. you know beyond who are you in that yeah. gig with who else is in that band actually okay so it's um Simon Wright on drums. He's been in the band since about 1989, I think. Mm. It's after wow. he left ACDC. Simon on drums, and it's uh, Craig Goldie on guitar. He's been in and out of the band since 1986. And uh, Scott Warren on keyboards. He's been in the band since 1993. Oh, yeah, I know Scott. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, and he also played with uh, Heaven and Hell with Ronnie. Nice. When they did that. Um, not on stage, but he played all the shows with them um uh, kind of behind the stage but um or uh off stage i should say um and then uh then we got only logan and uh tim rip rowans on vocals so they oh. take turns and some some songs they sing together but they you know take turns and then we, we now that we do the hologram which is about half oh, ha about half of the songs about four maybe 45 percent of the songs are like hologram tunes and and some of those, they come in and, and sing a, a verse here and there, or they, they'll do the chorus with Ronnie. And, and it's, it's exciting, you know? So it's, yeah. it's not like what a lot of people thought. They, they thought we're going to do the whole show with just a hologram and no live singers. And when people realize that, man, this is, this is just like watching Dio Disciples. Yeah. But they just yeah. added the hologram to the thing and made it even cooler, so... When people people that went to see it, when they realized that, they were like, "Wow, this is cool!" And we got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of screen stuff with from the Rainbow Days and the band photos and things like that, and then and live footage of like Craig's on there and Simon's on there, live footage from from through the years, and and uh, that's exciting for the fans too. So. I mean, we don't really get to see it unless we watch a YouTube thing because we're like in front of it. But you're in it. But no, that's rad. Yeah, so it's a nice show. It's really it's entertaining, you know. And I mean, that's as close as you can get to a Dio show without sure. without Ronnie. So players, like you know what I mean. You have great players in that band, you know. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, they're super solid, and and they have a lot of respect for the material and a lot of respect for Ronnie. And we we don't obviously we have our our flavors and our styles of how we play and everything, but we try to just do it as close to the the how it's supposed to sound i mean i don't go in and try to play try to try to be and make sure i sound like me i try to play the 
the Jimmy Bain songs like Jimmy Bain, and I try to play the Geezer Butler songs like Geezer, you know, that kind of thing. To just to give it a true, I mean, I don't play exactly like those guys, but I I try to give it a, like the, its true flavor. Sure. You know, with, yeah, which you wanna, the songs deserve, I think. You yeah. know. Yeah, you want to respect that, pay homage to to that, you know. So, but that's absolutely yeah, yeah that you get to play the different eras, you know, Sabbath, Rainbow, himself, you know, solo. Dude, that when Holy Diver came out, no, that fucking a what a record yeah you know that, it, it was mind-blowing I, I i just i remember first time i heard that it was yeah. like that record I, I was like what 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 is this yeah and it was actually a girl in my class i remember i was like in fifth grade oh, no. um hold on a second hold on a second I, I gotta call i'm on my phone i gotta call hey, you go. line hey, so now you're over here yeah. are you okay you good <laughs> yeah <laughs> you should dude you shifted <laughs> <laughs> i did that's amazing it makes no so, difference to me. I can't tell. So. You're, you've moved up. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Literally. Moved up the ladder. There you go, man. So sorry for the interruption. So, uh, yeah, Holy Diver. Um. Right. It, it was, as a, I, I'm trying to remember. I, I, was, I must have been like, I was like a fourth grade, maybe. Fourth or fifth grade. I was a little. Oh. Um, fifth, 83. No, I was probably fifth. Maybe maybe even sixth grade, to be honest. But it was, uh, it was a girl in my class that I had bought the record. And brought the cassette and played it for me. She's like, you got to hear this. You're going to like this. I'm like, what is that? And I was just, uh, yeah. Like everybody else. And when I heard that, I was like, this yeah. is, it was like nothing I've heard. I've, I've, I'd heard before. Yeah. Cause it was mixed a lot of time around that time. The, a lot of the mixes were not bass heavy. No, they were mid range. Talk about bass. Was, yeah, it was they very... were cutting the bass. If you listen yeah. to like the Dawkins records, for example, yeah. and all those, they were cutting the bass. Yep. It was big and... drums and big vocals. Was the was the was yeah. the thing. But it, but it was a. Mm. It was and they a... were bringing guitars in, and they and they were like, "Well, screw the bass player. We'll just yeah. turn the bass down and the mix yeah. and stuff like that." So, uh, but not not the Holy Diver record. It was it was it was heavy. And if they would have, if they would have mixed it that, that way, mm-hmm. I guarantee you it wouldn't have been as much yeah. of a success because the bass was loud and the drums were loud, and it yeah. gave it that heaviness because there were bad. still m- melodic songs and stuff. Oh hell so. yeah, that was such a yeah. good But that's that's fantastic, yeah. man. I remember the Last in yeah. Line tour. <laughs> so like, I think it was after the Holy Diver. I think it was the next record after Holy Diver. Oh, yeah. Seeing Dio live. In the Boston area on Halloween night. Oh, nice. Wow. <laughs> Perfect. We were all young and all these kids rented um, a school bus. <laughs> you can imagine what that school bus was like to go to the show. Right? Wow. Was, yeah. Yeah. Was, <laughs> not what? what a school bus is supposed to be like. <laughs> no, the, no. The opposite. Booze <laughs> and drugs. Well, then again, yeah, it was the syndrome. Like not stopping and like obviously a lot of underage drinking and so uh, people were peeing out the window as we're going on the mass bike. It was crazy. It was just one big party. Two there, wow. seeing the great show, and then the, the bus ride back home. So it was uh, I'll never forget wow. it. That's yeah. nice. That's that sounds like a blast. Oh, it, was, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, memories are important. You know, that's the thing. That's all we got with with the, with the things in the past, and it's just some things that you'll carry with you for the rest of your life. You know, it's just uh, those things never go away. That's great. Yeah. 
So Bjorn, a couple of questions since you're like talking about like doing the Giza stuff and the Jimmy Bain stuff. Do you switch bases around for those different errors at all for the, the Dio experience live? Like you're changing things around a bit? I, you know, I bring, I, I usually just bring two bases, sometimes three on tour. And we do, uh, I, I get away with two all, we, what we do, we don't do so much uh, like as far as specific guitars or specific eras is more, we, we actually have one tuning for when we yeah, play with a hologram yeah. and we have mm -hmm. one tuning when we're in E flat with a hologram. Cause that's a lot of, cause a lot of that stuff was, it's, it's live vocals. And when oh. that, all that stuff was recorded, they were tuned on a half step. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to give away these secrets. They're not, you know, it's not really secrets because people can just listen on YouTube and figure it out. Yeah, but yeah. we're, <laughs> so we're, and all the other songs were in D. So okay. we dropped D. Sure, sure. Yeah. And then, and that's mm -hmm. kind of, that's kind of like, I think what, what Bronnie and, and Sabbath were, or, or Heaven and Hell, I should say, were doing towards the end. Yeah. They were, they were in D. So, um, and, and it seems to work, mm -hmm. you know, and it's good, it's good for the singers too. They don't have to, to work as, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's not as crazy being on the road and having to sing, you night know, not, that, they, not yeah. that they're not able to, but it's just, you know, that's when when people say, "Oh, he's you know tuned down a half." It's like, yeah, you go out there every night and scream your ass off, talk to. It's like, no, if it's easier for the singer, I mean, you're doing it. Yeah. How many nights? You know, freaking twenty eight days out of a month or whatever. But, it's like, and also when you get a little bit yeah. old, right? You know, yeah, Just... yeah. Give him a break, man. Let him do it. <laughs> it's like nothing wrong. Yeah, with it, a know? lot of people yeah, drop absolutely. down in tunings. It's funny. Yeah. Lita Ford used to always still stay in standard tuning. Oh. I was talking to Gary Hoey, who produced one of my records. This is probably like maybe about 10 years ago now. And he's like, he's like, Lita, I want you to go a half step down. And she, she was like, no, no, no. He's like, go a half step down. And it's just, she's like, yeah, thank you for talking me into going a half step down. <laughs> like I can just relax. Yeah. Um, and that, that's coming from a woman. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who it's, you know, it's a lot easier for them to 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 stay in the you know in standard tuning typically yeah. but yeah. right yeah right and i think that's why she was like one of the last contenders in the heavy rock area that was still in standard you know what i mean so right right you know and it's it's the heaviness musically too like you tune down even a half step it sounds a little heavier yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. the strings are a little softer and you do the vibratos and the it's mm -hmm. you know the d can be if you have you know, if you don't use thicker strings, the D can sometimes be a little bit of a, uh, you know, a floppy issue with the strings being a little loose and the rattling and, and all that stuff. Out of tune issues too, which yeah. I'm not as concerned about live, but like when the when 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 the strings are loose and you know how that is when the the radius of how the strings move and mm. throws mm -hmm. the, the string out of tune easily and stuff like that. But but. Um, but it, it seems to work. You just, I mean, I, I kind of learned to be, to be careful. You know, I remember like, I, okay, I'm in D. I can't be as, as brutal with the strings now, you know, <laughs> they don't need as much force to, to, uh, to sound heavy anyway, you know, when mm -hmm. you tune down. So, well, I mean, you know, being a seasoned player, you, you kind of make these micro adjustments, which you'll go, Oh, you know, you can, you can adjust pretty fairly fairly quickly you know so you know i think it's more exactly i think it's more like autopilot it's just yes. like i don't even have yeah. to think about it it's kind of like just automatically happens mm -hmm. 
and, and mm-hmm. just you, you know, you know how it is. And you guys have played forever too. It's just, yeah. you know, and that's a beautiful thing about like you know getting a, a couple of decades on your, you know, uh, you know, with that mileage, you just kind of approach things a little differently from just from experience. So, hundred percent true. Like I have a heavy right hand, so I usually play thirty-five inch scale, and then. If I play my daughter's 30 inch scale, which is not too often, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, I think it's, it's an instant adjustment. Like, oh, I know, right. I'm really like, it, yeah, you like you said, it's autopilot. I'm not going to approach this the same way. I just, I'm just not going to. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's in your subconscious mind that just does it for you automatically. You don't even have to think about it. It's like, driving different cars you know or you know if you drive some people drive one car for work and you know one car on the weekends and one car during the week and you just adjust automatically you know without even thinking about it so i would say the 10 that ten thousand hour rule man you've done it so much that you're just you know right almost Mm -hmm. i mean obviously there's a little bit here and there and then the other thing too bjorn you're a four string player for the most part, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I mean, I play five string like, out of necessity, yeah, and and I don't mind it. I mean, I like it, but it's yeah, you know, it's yeah, four string is my my main thing. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, with that D tuner too, like it's it saved me so many times, and it actually kept me from playing a five string. I didn't really want to unless I had to. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I just flicking that down, I, I could, and sometimes I, I tune it to C. So like, I would flick it to C for a couple of songs. Got it. Nice. You know, I do like a, like a, you know, whatever pop or theater gig or, or, or hip hop or, you know, stuff like that, mm. you know, where you, where you need to, you need to get deep down or, or, you know, metal gig and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it works, but you know, it gets to a point where, you know, it got to a point where like, okay, you know, you, you only get away with it for so long, but, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, but <laughs> what are you mainly playing for basses right now? Well, the four strings are, um, a model called Talman by Ibanez. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, um, like a Jaguar Mustang kind of, uh, looking bass sort of thing. I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. Fender, Fender or Fender, Fender. Yeah. Fender P yeah. bass. Exactly. PJ, Fender P, bass P with a J. Yeah. PJ bass. Mm-hmm. Is- we all love PJs here. Mm-hmm. We're PJs, yeah. uh, all of us. Well, yes. The, the 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 COVID attire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, PJ bases are kind of our. We we all have this affinity for them and love you know fours and fives PJs. Something about them, just the perfect yeah. combo. You know, of pickups and they work. They work. No one complains. No one complains. Yeah. Bring a PJ. Nobody complains. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly, you 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 get the sounds and the tones that you need for specific songs, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, for you know, as a personal preference, I, I use the the, the P pickup ninety okay. percent of the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of bands that I play with, a Dio band or my own band, Soul Sign, or you know any kind of rock or, or metal. That's mostly what I do live and the studio. Mm. Uh, but. Um, but as far as far as you know, there, there's times when when I I just know that the song needs the the bridge pickup or the, the more of a nasal kind of snappier sound and mm-hmm. you know and, and and especially the five string, really, yeah, you really benefit 
with that with that with a with a bridge pickup for sure you know and, and even even the active preamp and all that stuff which for if personally for with, as with the four strings i i don't use an active system but that's just my uh, my preference um really okay um I, I i like the more organicness i i, I feel like the d and the g string somehow even in amazing systems mm-hmm. i get too much bass out of the e string and and not enough it, it it's unbalanced and it no matter how good the preamp is it, it and it can be great sounding preamp but it still colors the sound and it takes away the organicness of the of the the sound of the bass itself and and what i'm doing um you know some people that play like oh, they'll play like specter basses or something like that would probably disagree with me because that's that they're looking for that sound they want they that's, need that pre- yeah, preamp yeah. kind of sound you know yeah yeah I mean, you, you're looking to get a sound like, you know, uh, um, you know, Queensryche's Empire, that kind of tone. I mean, yeah, okay, well, you know, you're looking for, looking probably looking for a Spectre bass or something like that. But, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it's, it's um, you know, it's a, just a personal preference, really, you know, um, getting good pickups and loud pickups and bringing them close to the strings without getting any distortion or, or or clipping and stuff like that yeah. um, it works for me you're using then are you using a particular brand of pickups with these uh right yeah right now same or duncan's i'm trying always trying to remember what the what they are it's i think it's hot p with the um quarter pounder j nice, oh, nice. Yeah. okay that's uh so th- you don't need a preamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. You got balls, but because usually on a PJ, we always talk about it because we mm-hmm. love them so much that that jazz bass pickup, depending, it could be a little bit anemic. So that quarter pounder is definitely going to give you that freaking the balls that you need to keep up with the P pickup, you know? Right, exactly. And that's the reason yeah. I got it because it, it has more bottom end. So I wanted to balance it. I was basically looking at the skim. I mean, I tried them before, tried different same Duncan's, but just that combo, I was kind of looking at the schematics as far as like, okay, how much basis in this one? And I wanted a P pickup that had a lot of mid range. Yeah. So yeah. I like that. And I don't need a lot of bass out of that. I just, did, I'll, I'll get that through the amp anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but the one problem I tend to have is like the, because of the position of the jazz pickup, it doesn't have almost ever enough bass. And I try to bring it up cl- really close to the strings and it's still okay. really hard. So, so by, but that, by doing different types of pickups, <laughs> I kind of solve that a little bit. I, I would have loved to move the jazz pickup closer to the, to the P pickup. And then that's what I've done in the past. And on my, on my P base, I did that and it, and it seemed to work pretty well. And I brought it up really close to the strings too. So when I, when I just balance between the pickups, I don't, I don't lose all that, you know, the low end because then it's almost like I have to step on an EQ pedal or something to compensate, and, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but yeah, like Tony was saying, Pat Wilkins, um, his pickup the, on a PJ, he moves the J pickup almost so that the little, you know, uh, where the screws go into on the, are up by the pick guard. And that solves it because it makes it makes it gives it the balls, you know, it's a little closer to that pickup. It's it's really nice. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yep. Yeah. His, Absolutely. His PJ is one of the, you know, I think the- pickup positioning is what is not been played with the most. Yeah, I think that's the mm-hmm. least thing that's been experimented with. And I'm a big fan of like 
let's kind of move this around, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's nailed Absolutely. It. Yeah. He's definitely nailed it. And, Bjorn, what- and, and that's the thing too. When I, whenever I talk to students about that too, and they go like, well, what about the picks up, you know, that question. So I go like, and then I and you explained the whole thing of like how, you know, there's more base closer to the neck and there's yeah. more travel closer to the bridge. And then, and the pickup positioning is more important. And yeah. I, and then I, and I tell them, listen, look at a jazz base, you roll off the, and you only use the neck pickup. It kind of sounds like a, like a P base. And I said, it's not the, the type of pickup is where you put it. That's going to give you that character more than anything. So that's absolutely right. Yeah. Kind of elaborate a little bit on that for, for the listeners here, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys. No, we all, geek all out. We do. We we go oh, yeah. in tangents because you know we our audience is mostly bass players. Not all, nerds. but right. you yeah, know, we are nerds. So that's it. Yeah. yeah let me, without it's right here. Let me. Uh, I was I was waiting for Steve to run off and get it because I thought he still had one. Yeah. And and I and I noticed that especially with people that were that have not been professional musicians and the kind of weekend warriors or whatever they're just hobby yeah. players mm-hmm. and they might have played for decades but they don't they don't necessarily they've never been forced to pay attention to it like 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 yeah. myself so it's it's sometimes they're like oh really like they don't you know that's news to them right <laughs> so this is the wilkins this is a five string but see how like where the j is oh yeah yeah it makes kind a lot of sense kind of solves the problem and it's just fantastic so and he, I like even the way the, yeah. that Ivan is used to do it back in the day where they flipped the P yes. pickups. Yeah. Where, oh, so yeah. the one was the one for the D and the G is closer to the neck, so that you get more bottom end out of it. it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, exactly. I like the reverse P's. The reverse P's are cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's nice. Um, yep. What do you use it for backline then? For what's your what's your amp situation? <laughs> uh, EBS. Sorry, Steve. Uh, I've been, no, no, no. I've been like using. <laughs> I've been using the one called the Raidmar 750, which is a tiny, tiny amp, but it's loud. It's about 750 watts, and I've been and, it, and most of their amps are pretty simple. They don't have a lot of knobs. Sure. One one mid range, which sometimes you know two would be nice, but it's a great sounding amp. I've been using that a lot. And then then they came out with a new amp called it um, TD802, I think it's called. Really loud. It's kind of like a continuation of the of the big head called the TD660 that they had before, mm-hmm. but some upgrades, more mid range possibilities. Um, um, trying to remember what else they got. That's that's sort of new. So another little, years, little, right? little little little. I'm sorry. You've been with them for years, right? EBS. Yeah, I'm going on. Uh, I'm going on. I think it's 18 years now. Wow. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. They make great. So, they make great stuff, man. It's they re- they really do, yeah. and it, it's it's almost like, you know, I knew they were good, and then once I started endorsing them and playing them, and, and and immediately I was like, oh my god! And then it was hard going back and playing other stuff because yeah. I was spoiled of how good sound good. I mean, the, the the amps and the cabinets and just everything and the circuitry and how the compressor worked in there and how natural and smooth sounding the over the built-in overdrives were too and all that stuff um you know it, it's you can't really beat it you know they, they, there's no mud like too many amps had i shouldn't say that. i mean there's some good amps now but back in the day there, there, there was too much of that really muddy rumbly mm-hmm. overemphasized low end to where you you uh 
I mean, it's hard to really get a distinct mid-range and a punch out of the amps and stuff like that. And, but that's something that I, I, I fell in love with, 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 you know, and also the transparency of like, and some people don't like that because they're, they're, they're amps in the cabinets are really representation of the bass player. They don't really color the sound too much unless you start tweaking them. Mm-hmm. And some, some people don't like that, especially if they're a little sloppy, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so when you get a guys like Marcus Miller and, and he was like, Oh my God, I love this. This is, this is what I need. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, PBS so. is, I mean, they've been around for a while. They're, they're one of the kind of earlier boutique, you know, you want to call them, if you want to call them boutique, but they're, they've been around for a long time, man. They're good. Yeah. As they've been, yeah. Yeah. 1988, I, they started. And, and I remember working at a music store back in Sweden uh-huh. <laughs> back in 1990, I think it was 91. Yeah. And they were new and they, and I remember blowing up a couple of power amps and I had to call their office. So I kind of got to know them over the phone a little bit, oh, that's you cool. know, and it was yeah. kind of embarrassing. Like the second time around, I called two weeks late. I'm now blew another power amp and I'm like, okay, this is not going to be good. You know what I mean? So, oh, man. so I kind of got to know them that way a little bit. And then, <laughs> uh, um, but their stuff was good. And I, I, I started opening my eyes to, but you know, it was, the, the stuff was new. So they were still experimenting a little bit with the cabinets and the heads and all that stuff. And, but, but they always kept the integrity of like, mm-hmm. they didn't jump into things and try to make cheap amps to sell stuff and none of that stuff. They, they always kept the, the quality first and, and, uh, um, really kind of worked out for them, you know. And so. reliable, I'm sure, now, you know, like just stuff works and there you go. Yeah, very reliable, yeah. I played, so. I, I think I borrowed for a while one of the Fafner heads. Didn't they make the Fafner? Was that F-A-F-N-E-R? Yes. I, I borrowed that was the big one. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I just borrowed it and used it, but it was like, yeah. holy shit, this thing is fucking rad. Monstrous, yeah. That had a lot of character. That wasn't so much like, um, you know, like a clean, yeah. very like that. It had it had some dirt and growl, kind of yeah. SBT ish, but it was great. Yeah, yeah. I think I borrowed it yeah. for some gig or some run or something like that. I was like, yeah, yeah. Things, things rock cool. players especially loved that head. It was yeah. monstrous. They stopped making that when the Fafner two came out, was which, which was a two channel uh, head. Okay. Um, to and and uh one you know separate channel for the overdrive kind of like the like the well billy sheen inspired kind of thing yeah um and it was not not a great head to put up on the on the festival with the uh, or or stuff like that or 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 an event where you have 20 different bass players come up playing a brand new amp because it's it it wasn't easy to dial in even for me who was who's familiar with it yeah if if there's some of the knobs are a little you know not exactly, you know, it's, sure. yeah. So, but, but that's, a, that's a great head too. And I still have that here. And I, nice. I used that on, on, on a few <laughs> tours and, and, and people used to love it. I, I used it yeah. on, on a Tony McAlpine tour. I used it on, well, a couple of Tony McAlpine tours. I used it on a couple of Dio tours and, and uh, the, the people, it, the, the greatest thing you can, you can, well, not just the audience, but when the people in the band say, well, we love the sound of your amp, that's a good thing. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because they don't they don't necessarily always pay attention, you know. <laughs> well, well, Bjorn, I think you know you're, you know, we talk about this all the time where the tone starts here, you know, and I think for absolutely you, I mean, that you you get that 
because mm-hmm. you're not coloring your tone like us talking and I've seen you play and so it's like you you use this a lot so this is your sound and I think that you know like the basses you play they're passive I mean this makes your sound obviously the instrument doesn't yeah. sound like that but I th- you know you're you could play any festival whatever the fuck plug in and you're gonna sound like you you know because because you know how to do that I I don't know that's just yeah I, I think that that's well, it's interesting how you say that, because I think I, for me, I didn't. Well, there's several reasons. One is obviously mm-hmm. not having the money when I was younger to buy pedals and keep my way around it Yeah, <laughs> or expensive bases. I played crappy equipment and I also practiced a lot without an amp because I lived in a small house with my parents and they would they would knock on my door if I plugged in the amp like it like at 1130 at night and you know, because I'd be, you know, disturbing. The, yeah, yeah. yeah, right, right. So I pl- practice without an amp a lot, which is great because you, you get the true tone out of the instrument that way. So I had to work hard and I played a lot of gigs where a lot of loud gigs. I also played a lot of gigs to do different styles, of all sorts of different styles of music yeah. where I had to, I had to use my hands dynamically, not just be loud, but also be quiet. And I had to, that was my way of, of controlling my sound. For, for 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 years and years so and uh it, it i think it paid off you know where yeah. where now people go like well when they sometimes they watch me play they're like well it, it looks so easy and you don't move your hands a lot well it took me a lot of work to get to that point i had mm-hmm. to work really hard and work the muscles really hard to get to the point where i don't have to sure. use them <laughs> that kind of thing so it, it's it's interesting but like um and, you know i think back of like how you know, it, 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 it takes years to, I mean, I, I could think of time periods where I was good, but I didn't necessarily have the, the experience of like being at, at the, the level I'm at and stuff. So putting the time in, yeah, you were young and, but I'm sure, I'm sure you sounded great and fantastic. It's just, yeah. <laughs> in hindsight, you yeah. older, you're like, Oh man, I got some, I got some miles on me. I can do this. This is, yeah. this is old hat. I plug in and, I know how I sound. I can plug into whatever. It's fine. That, so, yeah. That's exactly it. I think like when you when you don't have the experience and you get thrown in a situation that's uncomfortable, it's it you don't know how to handle it. Yeah. yeah. But you know, now I've been thrown in so many weird situations and uncomfortable situations that nothing surprises me anymore. So <laughs> And you can keep your cool, you're calm, and you're just like, All right, I've been here before. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Instead of crapping your pants and freaking out you know it's not the end of the world and a friend yeah. of mine who actually sadly passed away he was sort of my mentor but he was a big session guy back in the 80s and stuff like that and mm-hmm. he would tell he would tell me like if i was nervous about a gig or something like that he would tell me like well it's not like you're gonna die if it goes something goes wrong you're not gonna die and i've thought about that and i still think about that sometimes and go like nobody's gonna die yeah yeah. You know, it's okay. It's, it's entertainment. Like, yeah. so it's important. I think sometimes for, for, for players to remember that, to not be too nervous about stuff. Sometimes just kind of do your best and have fun. And that's all you can really do, you know? Yeah. So, and at the same time, you got, you, you know, you have to challenge yourself and you have to put yourself in those situations where, you know, you're going to eat shit, you know, you're going to just fumble but yeah. it makes you stronger, you know, but so it's like that mm-hmm. fine line. But I think when you're younger, you really, you know, pushing yourself. Character building. It's character building, Steve. It's character, you know? well, mm-hmm. Big time. It really, really, yeah. is, you know, 
know? I mean, you know, it, well, yeah. Well, I think it was any, anything in life. It's like take the opportunity when something goes wrong, take the opportunity to learn something from it. There's always something mm-hmm. to learn from, from whether, you, whether it's your car breaking down on the side of, side of the road at three in the morning or, or if it's like, uh, you know, uh, you, you know some, something, equipment breaking down during a, during a big show or something. There, there's always something to, to learn from it. You know? And I think that's, that's the beauty in it. You know, if, you can, if you can always remember that and you get a lesson out of everything. Yeah. Uh, it goes a long way, really. You know. Amen, man. And yeah. you recently posted a cool picture of Quiet Riot, and you. And oh, that was rad. How so? You you toured with Quiet Riot for a while, right? I did. I did uh, a U.S. tour. I did twenty-two shows with him. You know, so that's Kevin. That was Kevin and Frankie, right? I mean, yeah. Kevin, Frankie, and Carlos. Yeah. Carlos, so it was, yeah, of course, Carlos Cavazzo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were, yeah. I mean, dude, you look like a, you look like a kid. I, I'll bring you, I, I should bring in the picture. You look like a little kid, man. How old were you? 23. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that is so cool. Man. I had a baby face, that's for sure. But, uh, so, yeah. uh, Kevin, all those guys were, it was a fun, fun tour, fun time with those guys. You know, it was, there was, um, it was, there's, it was interesting. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah. um, yeah. yeah, yeah, stuff happened and, and, and it was, you know, there was, um, uh, I know how to put it. It wasn't necessarily smooth. You know what I mean? Um, it's interesting says a lot, but yes. yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I yeah. never, I never saw Kevin after that tour ever again. I, uh, sadly rest in peace, but, yeah. um, I, I, I saw Frankie many years after and we, okay. we, uh, reconnected and, and uh had some great hangs and, and chats and nice. we played together we did the rock and roll fantasy camp together and stuff like that and had some fun playing again together so that was awesome That's cool. and uh nice. you know i see i see carlos from time to time he's he's a great guy mm. and uh yeah so i mean you know and anything you, you you learn from it you know and it was in a way i mean that was my first big gig and you know it was intimidating those guys were like twice as old as me almost you know so it was Wow. And and they had done all the world tours and all that stuff, so they it was it was uh, hmm. it was interesting, you know. Yeah. I mean, I can go back and say that, you know, I or they could have handled things differently when you know things have them when there was things that what should I say? What's the word? Friction or yeah. you know people don't always get yeah. along or or yeah. you know could have you know whatever. I mean, it's, 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 it doesn't matter now. It's water under the yeah. bridge, but it's 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 um, you know to learn something from it's it's yeah. important, you know. But but I'm, I'm grateful of of all of that now, That's and cool. it's uh, I can I can I think of all of it in 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 a, in a, in a good light and everything. So it's cool. all good. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, bands are like little micro families, and and families don't always get along, and stuff happens. So you right, know, right. Yeah, and it's it's like a little family, so stuff happens. Yeah, well, but you know, absolutely, had fun. You learned from it, and yeah, just playing with those absolutely. Guys, that's that's pretty rad, man. Those guys are. That's another yeah. band that just changed shit when fucking what um, come on, feel the noise came out. That was that that just blew people away, you know. And uh, that record, yeah, uh, Metal Health, right? Metal Health, fucking mm-hmm. great record, man. Yeah, it that- really was. That was like the heyday of metal. That was mm. the heyday of metal. 
all that shit coming. It was just fantastic, man. And and MTV yeah. had like, you know, yeah. that was that was all that. And you could see these people. And I know me growing up, just looking at those guys is like, you know, kind of starting to play and fuck around on bass. Like, oh, one day, you know, you, you I want to aspire to be that mm. or do that. So that, yeah. that's that's got to be thrilling in itself to actually be that. That's rad. Like your first big gig is fucking quiet riot. That's right. Yeah, it was interesting because it's yeah, and you know, I started playing the bass in 1984, and uh, the very first thing I ever played on the bass was a 12-bar blues. The, the f very first song I learned was "Bang Your Head" by by Quiet Riot. <laughs> That's so. So cool. it, exactly oh. ten exactly ten years later, I go to audition with them playing oh that song. God. It was it was pretty pretty you know when you think of that it's like yeah. a strange you know because you you know i think back and i remember that and, and Surreal, it's, sure. it's bizarre it's yeah it really is you know oh. and, I, and i was just a kid i was like 13 years old when that when that album came out yeah but or 12 to be exact you know so that's so cool man i remember meeting yeah. kevin at the at the rainbow oh. and uh the the table like two tables down and you could hear his voice loud and clear like holding court at the table he was <laughs> like you know like and i remember someone being with me i forget who was with me who's not a rock person and then they're like they're like god that guy's loud i'm like yeah i i i know who who he is <laughs> you know? by gotta, the way listen you know, to this record yeah. fucking turn that shit up <laughs> you know and you, know, you could tell distinctively it was him you know and it's like so he, yeah, he did have a unique voice, that's for sure, and uh, a, a very unique personality too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, he he always wanted to be a rock star, and he and then he became one, and he lived it. And yeah, God bless him, you know. He, yes. he, uh absolutely. You know, I, you know, some people don't get a long life, but you know, he had a good life. So, this guy lived lived it to the fullest, man. That band, I mean, mm -hmm. that's absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, that's right. Yeah. Are you um are you doing much recording at home and stuff, Bjorn? Or do you do do you do recordings? Like home I home? do. I've been doing a, quite a few sessions. Um, um, not a lot of full albums lately, but just okay. songs here and there. And you know, that's kind of like the people do a lot of singles these days. It seems yeah, like, but yeah. so yeah. I've been doing quite a good good amount of that since the pandemic started, and that I've been I'm grateful for that because it's what else would I do? You know, and yeah. I'm, you know, I do some online teaching and some you know, stuff like that, and cool. and some lessons and things like that. But yeah, it's, uh, and we can't and complain. We, yeah, and we do get nerdy and stuff. What do you uh, What do you record on? What What do you like? Uh, Logic, Pro Tools, or do you? I'm a Logic guy. Nice. So, mm, yeah. 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 Logic works with my brain too. <laughs> it's, yeah. I like Logic. You know it. I, you know, it was frustrating before I learned how to use everything and get into, cause I mean, I still, I mean, there's so much you can do and it's, it's endless, but you know, before I got into like the editing and all that stuff and I, and I would get stuck with, and you know, how do I fix this? And it was frustrating. It still is frustrating sometimes, but I, I, I kind of like when I walked in, I remember walking in before I started recording digitally, I walked into an Apple store and just to try, cause a friend of mine was, he's a, a songwriter producer and he, he swore by it and he said, listen, you get more bang for your buck and yeah. all the, everything's included and all you get a lot of stuff and you don't have to add, keep adding things. And then Apple had just bought Logic 2 at that point. So I was like, well, that makes sense because then it's going to be compatible. Yeah. And I'm like, 
And I walked, I remember walking into an Apple store and I, I was noodling around a little bit with it. And I was like, and immediately felt natural. And I was like, this well, is it. Because I was going between that and Pro Tools. And a lot of people told me, you know, Pro Tools is industry standard. You should do it. And, uh, and, uh, and I made a, a, you know, and I, this is not something that I do, but my girlfriend at the time said, why don't you make a list and, with pros and cons, which one? So Pro Tools, nine things said go with Pro Tools. And one thing said, one, I had run, one reason to go with Logic. But my intuition told me to go with logic, and I did, and I never looked back. So yeah, well, that, we talk about that where some, you know, certain yeah. programs are more intuitive to certain people. You know, like I, I tried yeah. back in the day, and my brain just was, it couldn't handle it. I just, I just, I can't do it. So logic just worked, and you know, we all right. use different DAWs that, it, you know, you have to try it and see what works for you and what's, you know, what flows. Yeah, your workflows. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any particular uh, direct boxes or anything that you use, or uh... um, I do. I've been using the the new uh, EBS. Uh, I have to think about what it's called. <laughs> Microbase three because I had, yeah. a, um, <clears throat> and it's it's really cool. It's really really great. A, a huge step up from the and the two is great too. I just used that for a session not long ago. And it's actually really good, really nice. cool preamp too. Um, this one has more options to me. It has a great overdrive section and, okay. and uh, uh, a little more flexibility with compression and things like that. Uh, and it's got a built-in tuner, which comes in handy too. With, and it's, it's precise and it's cool. So I used that. I used the multi, EBS multi-comp mm -hmm. um, uh, compressor in there. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think what else I got in there. That those are the like the main ones I use, and and then I got the Billy Sheehan, uh, which is also made by EBS, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, signature mm -hmm. drive. Okay. Um, and I send I send the signal in three different directions. So I don't get all you know, so I have options. I always get do one clean, obviously. So sure. Mm -hmm. um, straight from the base, and um, it's pretty much it. And I use some other pedals too, and things like that, and you know, from time to time, but. Yeah, those 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 are like my staples. It seems like, and you know, I I tend to j just use those and record straight into the computer. Mm -hmm. um, there's times when I, you know, I don't really mic a cabinet much. Uh, I, I I do, you know, uh, heads and things like that, and it, it works out. But um, since I started using the Microbase three, yes, I, I kind of like stuck to that as my as as my amp module kind of thing. Where I bring like a like a like a balance direct from that, and uh, I get a pretty good signal. It seems like that that as uh, long as you're happy with the tone, that's all that matters. And the client, mm -hmm. that, yeah. That. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, uh, what is it? It's multi bass, is it? I mean, they've had that that pedal's had a lot of like people, got really good reviews. Actually, really good reviews. Yeah, yeah. I I've been oh the micro bass. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. Yeah, saw so, yeah. In fact, yeah, I've seen a couple. Yeah, yeah, they did. No, it's. Uh, I couldn't even believe when I first tried it. I couldn't even believe how it is just way different from the previous one. That's you know, cool. in in a great way. You know. Cool. So, so Bjorn, uh, before we get into some questions at the end of everything, uh, well, tell us your socials. Tell what. Tell you know the crowd. Where can we find you? Tell everybody. I'm on, uh, well, I think I even have a TikTok <laughs> account, but I'm on, 
I think I, I have my, one. My, my, yes. my niece and nephew got me into that. So that, that's my excuse for that one. That's, that's actually cool. the only reason I signed I have up, so they... two, only to watch my daughters. That's it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think John it's, and I, I, I it's, it's, it's still it's too weird to me. I, I still don't understand what they're doing on there half the time, but but it's uh, you're not alone, bro. Right. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Bjorn, yeah so I, I do Twitter. I do I do Instagram and Facebook, and it's all my Bjorn England. So it's easy to find me on there. Yeah. I'll put I'll put a little uh, you know text link right under your face right there. You know, do you have a website cool. that you keep up? I do. You do okay. Well, yep. uh, Bjorn England. Bjorn yeah. Cool. I'll put that up there too. And you do lessons and stuff. So if anybody, you know, they can refer mm -hmm. to the website and get in touch with you. And if they're interested in lessons or whatever, they just want to stalk you. They can go about that way. Yeah, they can, but they have to pay me. Dude, yeah. <laughs> well, wait, wait. We get a little cut from that because we should get a little cut. Just Absolutely. Little yeah. The finder's fee. We're <laughs> yeah, I could I could be I could be a new one. You know, you don't even have to. It could be a burrito at Nam. Bjorn gets us a burrito at Nam. Um, I would accept. Oh it. man, right? Tacos or something. <laughs> burrito and a margarita. Oh, oh, look at that! Yeah. You're talking my now life. we're talking. So now I'm, we're talking. I'm gonna put your phone number there too, Bjorn. <laughs> no problem. Because, because you know all our you know ten listeners, one of them will call. Oh, wait, what? What? Six listeners. That listen. Right. <laughs> well, they can send me money that way. So, hey, why not? That's true. I'll put there. PayPal. You go. See, <laughs> PayPal, Zelle. Zelle, I think, is connected to my phone number. If I remember correctly, I, I only used it a couple times. Yeah. yeah. All these ways to collect money. It's wonderful. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, now yeah. They, they don't have to pretend they want to take base lessons anymore, like some people do. They just <laughs> pretend they want to take base lessons. They don't even have to pretend anymore. You could just they can just press the stalker button and they yeah. pay me directly. And just at least they're no. copping to it. Like, look, I'm just a stalker. Yeah. I'm not bullshitting. I'm well, not they save $200, so they don't have to go get a bass guitar, you know? There you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, we, we like to end the uh, the interview, talk, whatever the hell this is, with yeah. some questions. You want me to start with the questions, guys? We have three. And, uh, Steve, you go first, and then I'll John. Start. All right. All right. So, okay. Bjorn, living or dead, artist, who would you have liked to study with? Again, that you haven't living or dead has to be a bass player or no no no, nope. no anybody it's kind of anybody yeah we kind of say artist but it can be anybody who you admire that you, you would have loved to study with john paul jones nice whoa, big one. whoa. Jones i wasn't yeah. expecting that man really yeah that one of your like i'm not a, i'm not starstruck but that's probably the only guy that i i yeah person that i haven't met that i'd like to meet um you know i would have loved to jam with Jimi hendrix but it's too late well i well we, we don't know that but we don't know you know. that <laughs> but Jonesy, okay so zeppelin had a huge like big influence on you growing up big big zeppelin fan i you know it took me a while for me to open my eyes with them. i mean it, you know back then it was all about who you hung out with and if they had the records so a friend of mine mm -hmm. turned me on to led zeppelin that not i was i must have been i must have been at least 15 okay. 14 or 15 and before that I'd, I'd heard the name but i don't think i knew i don't think i heard any music by them yeah so uh and you know and then gradually i, I appreciated them more and more um sure. and i can't say I've, I've ever been a hardcore fan but it's one of my favorites and as far it's one of my favorite bass players sure. absolutely yeah. 
Yeah. And, and it's probably, I think I appreciate the, the band and the songs. I can't say I'm as them as instrumentalists. I can't say I'm crazy about any of them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Other than John Paul Jones. Well, yeah. Bonham, you know, yeah. I, I, um, but, but he was to me by far the most interesting Absolutely. instrumentalist in the band. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I like that. We, we have not had that answer yet. I like it. So, yeah, I, I don't think we have. Mm-hmm. No. All right. Who's uh, next question? No, I think it was me. All, All right. right. Living or dead, who would you like to share a meal with? John, you took my question. Was it yours? Wow. <laughs> yeah, a meal with. Share a yeah, meal John. with. Um, wow, that's 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 a good question. I, now I'm, I'm thinking of people that cook, you know, chefs. Mm-hmm. But that's you know, because that would be interesting. But uh, yes. to, to kind of like talk and analyze the food. But um, well, I, I don't really know to be honest. Um, living or dead? Well, that's a good question. Maybe. I, uh, well, how about John Entwistle? I love it. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. Nice. Well, we we share the same birthday too, so we could you know. Really? Oh, hey, okay. hell, really? Wow. October 9th, yeah. And and John Lennon too. Oh my gosh. That's and, wow. And, okay. and Jackson Brown and Sharon Osborne. Those are the Shit. only ones I can remember. Oh wow. So that's freaking cool. Yeah. So, meal with uh what was his nickname? The Ox, right? Mm-hmm. Ox. Right. So I, I I tell people like I you, you know, if you get the bass skills of Entwistle and the songwriting skills of John Lennon Dude. and the music business skills of Sharon Osborne, then how can you go wrong? Yeah, so, no kidding. Oh, you have got yeah. the, the business skills of Sharon. You, uh, you know, you can. Yeah, you don't even have to know how to play. You, you fucking do anything you want, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. cool. I like it. John took my question. So it's right. basically, so we have the study with, we have the food with. Yep. So uh, living or dead, um, who would you like to jam with? And you kind of said something earlier, actually. Yeah. If you could jam with anybody, play with anybody. At any time, who would it be? Oh, living or dead? Um, well, I, I would have to say, um, you know, uh, I, well, I would probably like to jam with them at the same time. Jimi Hendrix, Eddie Van Halen, and Jason Bonham. Oh. <laughs> that's a band. Uh, yeah. That, that's yeah. a lot of water. <laughs> that would be uh, pretty rad. I think I that. Wow. Man. Yeah. Have, uh, so you've never played with Jason Bonham, have you? Or no? I have not. No. Oh, okay. I'd love to, but no, no. I yeah. Jason, if you hear this, you know? Yeah. Look up Bjorn. He'll, yeah. Call him up and stalk him. Play with him. Yeah. <laughs> That's a monster band. But yeah, Hendrix, I mean, obviously, like Hendrix is, <clears throat> yeah, just one of the. Just a jammer. I like that. And that's, you know, and it's funny that I just thought of that now. Like I was going to say, Uli, when I, he's like that. And in fact, and I just realized he's actually a big Hendrix fan, but he's, yeah. he, he's, uh, he likes to improvise and stuff like that. And, okay. um, you know, Ingve does too, but Ingve, you know, that's something we do at Soundcheck. And we're, you know, not so much rehearsal, but we had a long Soundcheck and stuff like that. But, you know, when you play the show, you play the songs. You don't really, there was not a lot mm-hmm. of jamming going on. Sure, but, sure. But uh, I kind of liked what, what Hendrix did and, and Zeppelin too. Would you know they take a five minute song and turn it into a twelve minute song? You know, yeah. it's on the fly, just because you know just they because. felt like it. 
Yeah. It's one thing missing today, man. One thing missing. And I'm, I'm almost hoping that post-COVID that there'll be an appreciation for progressive and improvisation again and, and real mm -hmm. artsy aspects. And instead of yep. the, like little eight second videos that just get your attention for a second, you know, no, 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 let's, let's, you know. Well, it's funny you say that. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it, like since digital recording, everything has been so perfected and the overproduced and mm -hmm. people are so concerned about going out and playing everything perfectly. And yeah. somebody makes a mistake they make a big deal out of it. And I, I think that like, I would like to flip the table completely and go back to like having fun and a little bit more, a lot more improv on stage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Spontaneity, you know, why not? Yeah. Life's too short, you know. I, I mean, and I, I think the audience would really appreciate it too. Cause they they would they they would know that Lake and see every show on YouTube. They would they would go to the show and go like, oh, wonder what's gonna happen tonight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? Who had a real exact, you know, expected all his players to read really well and know all these different styles and had these high expectations, would still improvise every night live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, every night there's going to be something that's a little different. You know, we have a script for certain things, but we're going to yeah. open, you know, X, Y, Z. And it'd be great to see more of that. I, I would love to see that, you know? And I mean, absolutely. when you talk about just skills and becoming a better player too, like that, that elevates the skills. The more you do that, your ears are up, you know, like you, you, you have to have that as opposed to being in this box, this, this big yeah. thing where you stretch out that like, whoa. You learn to listen yeah. to other players. Yeah. You learn to listen yeah. to other players a lot more. You know, maybe, to me, that's, yeah. Maybe, to, for me, being a musician and being an artist, that's part of it is in, in, in improvising. And I miss that. And, and I like to have moments like that on stage. And, you know, to be, to be able to be an artist and, and, a, and a painter and a creator every night. You know, that way, mm -hmm. I think touring would be a lot easier for a lot of people. You know, you're playing the same songs and, it's great. You know, the songs are great and it's enjoyable. And, you know, to be honest with you, like, I think we most, most of us agree that the most important thing is to, to know that you're traveling with good people, that you're, you're dealing with 22 and a half hours yeah. off stage. The hang. Um, mm -hmm. the hang. Yeah. The hang is very important, but, but even like just like the, the onstage experience, you know, to be able to create every night and, and utilize that as a musician, I, I would I would really like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, post post COVID, hopefully. Cross the fingers. Yeah. Well, exactly. Let's let's hope that this was a, this was a good thing in, in that sense and awesome. that you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be that's that's a good point and it's gonna be really interesting what's gonna what's gonna happen and, and I it seems like already people have become more creative with so. what they can do online and what they can do when people have started thinking more about like what kind of merch they can sell and stuff like that and not and more ways to get around the fact that we can't sell recorded music anymore so thinking thinking outside the box <laughs> literally yeah. and figuratively you know just okay well we have this thing that's an obstacle let's get around it let's figure this out so yeah, you pitch what, yeah. yeah. 2022 is going to be like when everyone can see each other in the same room again. Oh, if you're going to lose their shit, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Damn 2022. 
<laughs> I, I think, well, I think people might, it might be the other way around where people are so used to enjoying themselves that they don't want to deal with other people anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're going to see both. Or they're germophobic. Yeah. I think you're going to see both camps. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm going to go squeeze every motherfucker that lets me. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'll be, it'll be nice to be able happens. to hug people again, right? You know? Yeah, man. Yeah. Definitely. You know? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a crazy year, but yeah, yeah, it, you know, I think we're starting to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. I think so. Too, mm-hmm. To be honest, I think so, man. Bjorn, so, yeah. we literally we scratched the surface on your career, dude. You've you've done so much and played with so many people, man. Let yeah, let's you know we'll definitely do this again. We'll have, have you on again. Have you on again, dude? Because yeah, and, and that'd just, be great. Thank you for coming on here and just joining us and talking but i, I you know I've no known, problem we've all kind of known about you and known your career it's it's awesome man just i think i met you at ebs years ago you know what yeah, i mean yeah you know? and just yeah you know, playing yeah. with these legends and these you know people that just made it, it's rad dude so really appreciate you, you coming on and, and talking to us and uh, giving a little well, insight and i i'm sure everybody's gonna well, love hearing it so yeah mm-hmm. well thanks for having me i really appreciate it absolutely it's been awesome that yeah. was fun yeah cool so at this time I don't know if Bjorn knows, but we all know that we go in the green room. I actually stop recording and we still keep talking shit. It's private time. <laughs> this is where we tell we tell all the stories that we can't tell on online because we're not recording. So Okay. Uh, all right, man. All right, Big Bottom, uh Bjorn okay. England, thank you so much. We'll see you guys. Bye-bye. Bye.